if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to uh, John chapter 20. John chapter 20. We are uh, in a series that we're talking called We Value, and it's uh, about the things that we value. Uh, us as a church, corporately, but then also individually, the things that we value. Now, from our church, just to kind of get us started here, on our church, uh, we have recently made some adjustments moving forward in both our vision and our strategy. And so let me just review that for just a moment. And the very first thing we need to look at is our mission. The mission at Shades Mountain Baptist. What mission is, it says, what are we doing? That's what mission is. What are we doing? Well, this is what we're doing. We're sending transformed people to influence their world for Christ. That is the mission. So when you come and you join Shades Mountain Baptist Church, this is what we do. We send transformed people to influence their world for Christ. That's what we do. Well, then the question is, well, then how do you do that? That's your strategy. And our strategy is built around three things, and that is meet with God, connect with others, and live with purpose. We meet with God. We come together. Corporately, we meet with God. We meet with God individually in our own devotional time. And as we meet with Him, we then connect with others. There's no way we can be used as an influence for Christ if we don't connect with others. So we connect with others. We build those relationships. And then we live our life with purpose. And we have a life that knows it is for eternal things. It is more than just getting an education or getting a job or getting married or having kids. All of those are great, but it's beyond that. It has something with eternal significance. I live a life with purpose. And so this is how we do it. We meet with God, we connect with others, and then we live with purpose. Well, then the underlying question is, why are we doing this? I mean, why why are we sending uh, transformed people to influence their world for Christ? Why are we doing this? And the answer to that is because of our core values, our core values. Now, when you think about core values, core values, the definition of core values is this. Core values are guiding principles that dictate behavior and actions. They dictate your behavior and your actions. These uh, are not handed down from the pastor and the staff, but it's a conglomerate of, of our church. It's what our church values. You, the church, we're all a part of this church. And because of the things that we all value, we have sat there and looked and said, okay, well, 105 years at Shades Mountain Baptist Church, what are the things that we value? And when we determine what we value, then we build things from that. They say, okay, because we value this, we send transformed people to influence their world for Christ. And these core values, those internal beliefs, those are the things that uh, direct your life. They help you to make decisions. They, the core values is what, um, it gives you the yes as to why you do this, and it gives you the freedom to say no. That's core values. For instance, if you're working with a particular company and you've been with them for a number of years, and then they contact you and they said, uh, they call you in and say, we've got an opportunity that we would like to promote you, or we would like to uh, assign you to a different territory. And in this promotion or this different assignment, there will be additional money, but there'll also be additional travel. Now, what you have to do as a business person is you take a look at your values. And you say, well, my family is my number one value. That's more important than how much money I make. I do want to take care of my family, but also I know I need to invest time. And when you sit there and you weigh it out, it may be that in that season of life that your spouse and your kids need you more 
then they need the extra dollars. And so you make a value decision. And you say, I'm not going to be able to take that territory. I'm not going to be able to take that promotion or whatever or that, or that move in the company. And you say no to that. And the reason you say no to that is because of your values, okay? That's what values do. They, they dictate our actions. They help us to know why we say yes, and they give us the freedom to say no. So through August 7th, we will be looking at the five core values of Shades Mountain Baptist Church. And as we look at these five values, it is corporately what we do, but also individually. You need to look at each one of these and say, you know what? That's what it is in my life. And I need to know how I can best use this in my life. Number one, this is the the five values. First of all, every disciple growing. We talked about this last Sunday. Every disciple growing. The Bible says that as ministers of the gospel, those that are your pastor and staff, it is our responsibility to be able to equip you, everyone, to do the ministry of the gospel. We're not just hired hands that do the ministry. We are to equip you to join with us in doing the ministry. Every person has been given a spiritual gift. You're to take that spiritual gift and you're to utilize that to build up the body of Christ. You're also to grow in Christ so that you understand what you believe and why you believe doctrinally. Because we're in a world that we're getting bombarded with a lot of different ideologies. So we need to understand what we believe and why we believe. And so one of the core values is every disciple growing, sending transformed people to influence their world for Christ, a transformed person, people that are growing in Christ. Number two, and the one that we'll talk about today, every person on mission, every person on mission. Number three, is every relationship meaningful? Every relationship meaningful. And the fourth core value we have is every generation together. We are a multi-generational church, and we've always been that way, and that is a strong value of ours, and that affects decisions that we make in ministry opportunities that we are involved in, every generation together. And last of all, every pursuit with excellence, every pursuit with excellence. So take these five core values. These are the core values of our church. And just as we looked at every disciple growing, today I want us to look at every person on mission. Every person on mission. And I'm going to break it down real easy. And it's going to fall into our assignment. It's going to, then we're going to have our assignment, our reason, our role, and our scope. All right? First of all, the assignment. This is the assignment that we have been given. Number one, you are sent. You are sent. This is the assignment. And it comes from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 21. Jesus has risen from the dead. They discovered the tomb is empty on that Sunday morning, what we call Easter Sunday today. That evening, they're sitting together trying to figure all this stuff out. And it says in verse 19, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. And he said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Showed him his hands where the uh, nails had gone through his hand. Showed him the side where the spear had pierced through his side. But then look what he says in verse uh, 21. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. This is their assignment. This was the new church. This was the nucleus. These were these disciples. And he says, hey, as the Father sent me, 
I am sending you. I'm sending you. And see, Jesus said back in Matthew 16, he was asking the disciples, he said, who do people say that I am? And they gave all these different words. But then he looked and he says, but who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus' response to him was, man, you're right, Peter. And upon this confession, upon the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord, upon this confession, I will build my church. So Jesus is the one that builds the church. And guess what he told the church to do? Go. He sends us. He looked at those same men who just a few chapters earlier said, I will build my church. He then said, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you. You are to go. That is your assignment. Your assignment is to be sent. And we need to understand this as members. And we need to understand this in a, in a strong way. Because you see, Shades Mountain Baptist Church is not a country club with membership benefits where you ask, what can you do for me? Shades is Jesus' church with membership responsibilities where you ask, what can I do to advance the kingdom of God? Shades Mountain Baptist Church is not a spectator sport. It's not where you come and find your favorite pew, favorite parking spot, park yourself, and just sit back and spectate. Shades is to be a church that when you join, the first thing you do is you say, coach, put me in. I'm ready to play. That's who we are. And that's our core value. This is not a place to sit and soak. This is a place to be sent out. And to where we come, we learn, we study God's word, we, do, we grow as disciples, and we want to be transformed people. But we're not just transformed people so that if we play Bible trivia with our neighbors, we can win. That's not it. We are to be transformed people so that we can then walk from this place, go outside here, and be salt and light and influence our community, our state, our nation, and the world. See, that's who we are. That's what Jesus told. He looked at those guys and he didn't say, hunker down and study the Old Testament. No, he says, I'm sending you. Now, you are to grow. You're to grow as a disciple, but I am sending you out. And that is what we've been called to do. We are to be sent. What a great testimony that Steve shared with Philip up here, the first one that, that Steve baptized. One of our own young people, Hanley McWaters, says, you know, I've, I've got a heart for this, for this guy. He's, he goes to school with me, so I'm going to bring him up to our CLC. We'll shoot hoops. We'll play uh, some sports over here. Get him introduced to the church. And guess what? Philip got introduced to the church. He got introduced to other friends. And then over the next couple of years, as people poured into his life, he had that opportunity to sit down with Steve Browning at the pavilion and make a decision and receive Christ as Savior. It all started because one of our members, Hanley, says, you know what? My assignment is to be sent. And we said, send, transform people to influence their world for Christ. Guess what Hanley's world is? His school. Guess where his sphere of influence is? His school. And that's where he went, and that's where he began to introduce this individual to Christ. And today, you get to see the effects of it as he stands before us and took that next step of obedience in baptism, okay? Our assignment, we are sent. Number two, the reason So why are we sent? What is the reason? So everyone will have the opportunity to be saved. So everyone will have the opportunity to be saved. This is why we are sent. Jesus says, I'm sending you. Why is that? So everyone will have the opportunity to be saved. Romans 10. So turn in your Bibles to Romans 10. Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 10, Starting in the 10th verse, as I start in the 10th verse, if any of you 
have ever shared your faith using the Romans road to salvation, this is it. This is, this is kind of, you're coming down to the closing verses. You've, you've already shared that, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and that the wages of sin is death. But that God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died on the cross for our sins. And as you're talking to someone about how to be saved, then you come to this part, Romans 10, 10. And it says, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says that everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 10 Believe, justify, believe in your mouth, you confess with your mouth, you are saved. Verse 13, everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved, saved from their sins. This is why we do it. We are sent so that everyone will have the opportunity to be saved. And whenever we read this verse, it's kind of like the last verse, and we ask them, would you pray, would you ask Christ to come into your heart? This is the hallelujah, glory, praise God. And we love this. This is a great passage of Scripture. And then we close our Bibles. And then it's almost as if the Holy Spirit is saying, not so fast, my friend. (laughs) Don't close it up yet. You need to read the next two verses, 14 and 15. And look what verses 14 and 15 say, New Living Translation. But how can they call on Jesus to save them unless they believe in Jesus? That makes sense. You've got to believe before you can call and be saved. And how can they believe in Jesus if they have never heard about Jesus. And how can they hear about Jesus unless someone tells them? And then it says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being, what does that word say? What does that word say? Sent. How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? You see, we're sent. And look what it says. That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. I've read this passage a lot this week in my study time. It's just like I read that and I looked up and I said, okay, God, I want Shades Mountain Baptist Church to be known as a church of beautiful feet. How about that? Don't take your shoes off to show me. All right, I'm talking about this. Wouldn't it be great if we were the beautiful feet people? You know what the beautiful feet people are? It says right here, how beautiful the feet of messengers who bring the good news. Would that not be cool? It says that you're sent. Why are you sent? You're sent because you are to go and, uh, and give everybody an opportunity to be saved, to hear the gospel. And it says how beautiful are the feet that those, those that do that. Wouldn't it be neat if we were the beautiful feet church? Wouldn't it be great that one day that when you die and you stepped into heaven and, and God and Jesus welcomes you into heaven to spend eternity with him and you're just kind of walking around heaven and somebody bumps into you and says, hey, you're at Chase Mountain, weren't you? How you know? Hey, beautiful feet. <laughs> Let's be the beautiful feet people. How do you be the beautiful feet people? Every person on mission. Every person on mission. So we have an assignment. We are to be sent. We've got a reason. So everyone can have an opportunity to be saved. But then third of all is this, and that is our role. So what is our role? Our role is to be an ambassador for Christ. Our role is to be an ambassador for Christ. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to 2 Corinthians. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is our 
role as a believer? It says in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Stay with me. Ministry of reconciliation. You know what reconciliation means? Reconciliation means that there was a separation. It means that there was a uh, a break in a relationship. Our sins were causing us to be separated from God. We were far from God. When Christ died on the cross, he reconciled us to God. He brought us back together. And so there's this incredible reconciliation that takes place. But then look what it says. And it says, Christ was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So what Jesus did was when he died on the cross, rose from the dead, he reconciled us to God. But it didn't just stop there. He then entrusted us with this message. That word means he had deposited that word in us. And he says, guess what, folks? You now have the message of reconciliation. Well, how are people going to get that message of reconciliation? You have to be sent to go tell others that good news the message of reconciliation. And then verse 20, he says, therefore, therefore, because you've got this ministry of reconciliation, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. Now, we understand what an ambassador is. An ambassador is someone who represents a ruler or a president or a king, and he delivers a message on that ruler's behalf. Does that make sense? We have ambassadors to place all over the world and they represent the United States and the message that they give is the message that has been given to them. John MacArthur described about an ambassador and this is what he said. A good ambassador doesn't make up a message on his own authority. He is commissioned to carry someone else's message and to deliver it faithfully. He's not authorized to alter the message in any way. He cannot adjust it to fit his own personal preferences. He cannot embellish it with his own opinions. He speaks for a higher authority, and he is responsible to deliver the message in unadulterated form. This is our message. We are the ambassadors for Christ. We don't sit there and say, well, I know God said this, but I think he would have rather have said it this way. No. You don't change the message. You're an ambassador. You represent him. And then you go and you share this message with others. God has called every Christian to be an ambassador for Christ, carrying that same message of reconciliation to the world. Now, when we say our mission is sending transformed people to influence their world for Christ, you could misinterpret that and say sending transformed people. Okay, transformed. That means that I have got to reach a certain level of spiritual maturity before I can go and influence my world. Not at all. We're constantly being transformed. We're constantly growing and growing in Christ. And what Paul says here, we are ambassadors for Christ. He is writing this letter to a church in Corinth. 
And this letter is going to the rank and file members of the church in Corinth. Out of all the churches in the New Testament, the one church you do not want to pastor is the church at Corinth. This church has got more problems than you can shake a stick at. You don't want to be a part of this place. I mean, there are factions. Some people say we're for Paul. Some we like the new uh, young gun name of Paulus. Some people say, well, I'm just for Jesus. And so there's all these factions that are happening in the church. They've got sexual issues left and right. They've got people living with other family members. Uh, They've got stuff that's going on that is just crazy that he's having to deal with. They have those that are hung up with idolatry. They've got people that are abusing the Lord's Supper. In fact, they're showing up drunk at a Lord's Supper, and they're abusing that. Uh, They've got some members that are suing other members. And so it's just a great fellowship. I mean, I mean, you're just sitting here right now saying, golly, I want to know where that church is. I want to be a part of that church. I mean, that is one messed up church. And he's writing a letter that's being read to them, and he says, you're ambassadors for Christ. You see, you're, some of you are not clicking real high on the spiritual maturity level, but you're still ambassadors for Christ. We are all ambassadors for Christ. We are all to grow spiritually in our life. There is to be transformations taking place. But in that process, folks, we are sent out. We are to be ambassadors for Christ. We continue to grow, but we continue to be sent. And we give them the message of reconciliation. Every person on mission. So we think about it. The assignment is that we're all sent. He says, you are sent. Jesus gave us that assignment. The reason? So everyone will have an opportunity to be saved. And our role, we're an ambassador. So when you walk out today and you don't take anything else from the message, you realize you're an ambassador for Christ. We prayed for the sixth graders over here as they get ready to go to, um, uh, to Seeker Springs. And in the prayer, I said, Father, you know, they are ambassadors for Christ. Okay, they're ambassadors of Christ, not just because they're going to Monroe, Louisiana. They're ambassadors for Christ 24-7. But this is one time where they're going out to a specific place and do a specific ministry. Folks, we are ambassadors for Christ, all right? So knowing all that, here's the very last part, and that is the scope. And that is here, there, and everywhere. That's about as religious as I can get. Here, there, and everywhere. So, so where are we to be ambassadors for Christ? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8. In Acts 1-8, Jesus, before he ascended, talked to his disciples, and he said, hey, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and when he does, you are to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, or into the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. And during that day, they knew Jerusalem, that was their main city. Judea, that's like the province that it was in. Samaria, that was the one up north of it. We want you to take care of that. And then the rest of the world. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and, and all the world. Eleven guys are hearing this challenge. And they're going, okay. This is the scope. And the scope is the same as it is today. You can call it anything you want. You can call it across the street and around the world. You can say we're to be a witness to our neighbors and our nations. It's not a contest about which is more important. It's a comprehensive strategy. Community, city, state, nation, and world. It's not either or. It's not this one nor that one. It's all of the above. Here, there, and everywhere. He didn't look at him and say, I want you group just to go here. You just you group. He says, totality. This is the church. This is the scope. 
This is our mission. This is what we're supposed to do. And the way we reach this scope is every person on mission. Every person on mission. It's all of us. And I see it in two different ways. I see it in our giving and I see it in our going. And I see it in our giving. Every person to me is responsible to say, I want to give so others can know Christ as Savior. In our church, we've made, a, we've made it a, um, a strong point of emphasis that as we continue to grow and we continue to give money to this church, that we don't just hoard it, but we send it out. And probably about 15 years ago, we were running about 15% of every dollar came in, went outside the walls of our church. Today, we're up to 25%. So 25% of everything that comes in, we try to send out the walls of this church to be able to advance the kingdom of God. So it happens in our, in our giving. And it says we're all ambassadors. We're all sent. And so that means that we all have our resources. And whether they're a bunch or they're little, we're to take a portion of those resources and say we're going to give it back into God's work. So we've got our, our giving part of it. But then there's that going part. And you realize that over about the last 15 years or so, uh, we've got a number of people that are stepped out from our church and are serving in other places around the world, that we have 38 units totaling 141 people that are serving all around the world, coming straight out of Shades Mountain Baptist Church. It's a part of their going. Here, there, everywhere. Everyone is on mission. And whether it's an example of a Hanley McWaters who's in his everyday life and his everyday sphere of influence, looking for someone that he can introduce to Christ. Or maybe it's short-term mission trips that we take. Everyone is on mission. Every person on mission. And we've got some people in our church that they've taken this seriously. And they say, hey, I'm, I, I, this is what I want to do. I'm just going to single out a couple of them over here. Warren Calloway. Warren and his, my, and his wife, uh, Martha, joined uh, a few years ago and uh, he had uh, retired. He'd been 30 years in hospital administration. They moved to Birmingham to be close to the grandkids. He'd been here a couple of months, and he got with Jeremy. And I'm going to quote Jeremy. He told Jeremy that he's interested in being active in international missions work. And he basically said, I'm healthy. I'm still young enough to travel. I got a lot of experience in business. Use me as you have needs. And we've used him like a pack mule. No, I'm kidding. We have, I mean, this guy, he has jumped in and gotten involved. And so since that conversation, he's gone to Algeria and taught basic uh, business training. He met with some hospital administrators in Indonesia on some things we were working with. He then took a team and led a team to Indonesia. He helped with hospitality services at a conference in Eastern Europe with over a 1,000 missionaries in attendance. And he does a number of local mission projects. You see, Warren gets it. He says, hey, every person on mission, I'm retired, I've got some time, I'm still in good health, put me in, coach. You know, I'm ready to play. I love Greg Alexa. Greg Alexa is one of our, uh, I don't know if you call him young married, middle married, whatever. Uh, everyone's young to me. But, uh, he, I, you know, Greg, he joined this church. He jumped right in. He got involved in men's ministry, wanted to do a lot of things in men's ministry. And, and then all of a sudden he came to Jeremy and he says, you know, I want to get some of these international projects, but I've got a, uh, a desire for adventure. And so if there's any projects that other people are not drawn to, sign me up. I want to do that. So sure enough, <laughs> we shipped him off and uh, found a place, went up to Thailand. 
and did a, a work up in Thailand. And when he got up there, he came back and he was so connected so connected with them that every year he takes a week of his vacation to go back up there to be a part of that. He's walked in the mountains of Nepal going into some isolated villages to be able to, to take the gospel. He went to India to be a part of a clean well project to go over there with others as we're installing these wells. And to show you how brave he is, in a rural area of India, for dinner he ate fish and yogurt in a foreign country. The outcome was not what he expected, okay? I could go further, but I'm not. Uh, and it was a difficult few days uh, for him. Hey, he wanted adventure. And uh, I remember calling him over and saying, don't do that adventure, okay? You got to be smart when you're doing those things. Well, the reason I love Greg so much is that it's not just, hey, I'm going all overseas. But then he came up with the idea of called 7 to 9, 7 to 9. And every month, about maybe 20, 30, 40 men get together with certain projects, mainly of people in our church who may be uh, senior adults or people who have gone through health difficulties. And we will, he will take a team and go over there and they'll do yard work, uh, light construction, whatever it is they need for those two hours, 7 o'clock to 9. And he gathers a bunch of men and they go over there. See, that's every member on mission just doing something. Tori Letson. Young lady in our, in our church had never been on an international mission uh, trip before. And our women were thinking of going to Moldova, which, by the way, Greg was the first one to go over there to look into that ministry, he and Jeremy. But Moldova, the ministry, they were dealing with human trafficking. And as our ladies were getting ready to take that trip, they invited Tori, and she kind of battled with it. Finally, she says, I'm going to go. And it's just so typical, usually those that push the hardest, and I don't know if I should go. She went, and she fell in love with it. And she came back, and since she's come back, she and her husband both are kind of excited about it and, and looking at ways that they can get even more involved in this ministry there in Moldova. And she's looking to take another trip sometime later on this year. And so it just, once they got there and they began to see the needs, it grabs their heart. You see, it's every person on mission. And it may be that God's asking you to take a trip. It may be overseas. It could just be downtown. David Matthews. David Matthews over here is retired, what, well, you retired about 63 years ago, right? Uh, David, uh, you know, retired a number of years. He used to be my boss at the phone company. <laughs> That's why I'm in ministry. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and David, so, so as David has, has retired, he got a heart about a year and a half ago for Jimmy Hale Mission and for those that are, are dealing with, with addiction. And so now David takes a group of people, both from our church and greater Shiloh at times, and they go down once a month, they lead worship services, they help serve meals, and they provide a devotional message. He's on mission. It's living scent. It's just right where you are. And we've got stories on and on of people who said, I get it. Every person on mission. This is not a value for the top 10% members in our church. This is a value for 100%. This is for every one of us. And so this is not one of those things where you can kind of check out and say, well, I guess that's not for... No, we're all sent. And, and whether it's just your influence, your sphere of influence, whether it's across the street, or whether it, it, it's just in the job that you're working or the school that you're playing, you're in or the, or the <laughs> some school they're playing, uh, the school you're attending, the sport you're playing, whatever it is, just know that you're sent, you're an ambassador for Christ and your scope is here, there, and it's everywhere.
And my favorite story, we told it about two years ago, is Tana Lee Thigpen. Tana Lee Thigpen, longtime member of this church, physically, she's not in, in a health position to be able to travel overseas. But at GIC, about four years ago, it was shared about the Syrian refugees that were coming into Lebanon, and it was mentioned that there was a need for, uh, like, sewing materials. They were looking for something, uh, a, a witness that they could do with these Syrian women that were coming in, and they said, you know, if we had a lot of materials, maybe we could start and talk to them about sewing, and as they got around in these sewing groups, we could share the gospel with them. And so she took it on herself to begin to gather materials and it's had needles and thread and buttons and zippers and all of this stuff. And she came up with six trunks full of material. We didn't have anyone going back over there for almost a couple of years. And finally, in 2014, we took a trip, took a group over there, and they went to Lebanon. They took all of those trunks with them, and they drop them off in the missionary's home, and they open up the trunks, just say, hey, this is what we've brought to you. And the missionary there began to cry. I mean, she just began to weep. And, uh, and Jeremy was funny when they opened it, I said, uh-oh, is this not a good thing? <laughs> and uh, she looked at him and she says, you know, two years ago, we began to pray that we could get some kind of uh, materials, some kind of sewing materials. And uh, just a few weeks ago, a Syrian woman who's a believer came to me and she said, when I was in Syria, I owned a sewing shop. And so I would love to be able to teach all these women how to sew and at the same time introduce them to Jesus Christ if I just had the resources. There were six trunks of resources that they were able to use. Every person on mission, it's a mindset, folks. Tana Lee knew that she couldn't get on an airplane and fly over there, but she says, where I am right here, what can I do? And God placed that on her heart, and she, and she did it. It's a core value of our church. It needs to be a core value of each one of us sent on mission. And it could be right here. It could be mentoring uh, uh, people that are down and out. It could be an encouragement ministry that when people go through difficulties, this is what you do. You come alongside of them, and you minister to them. It could be like what we do with Save a Life when, when we have Bible studies and support groups for women who've gone through and had abortions or for women who are trying to make a decision on that and to have other ladies come alongside of them and to support them and to love on them. Uh, to Urban Purpose or downtown of people to go and help feed the homeless and to share with them or, or people that are going through addiction recovery for people to be there and to put their arm around them, or it could be adoption or foster care. I mean, on and on and on. There's so many things that we can do, but you just got to have that core value, that mindset that dictates the decision that you make and say, you know what? Every member on mission, I want to be that way. So it's my prayer that when we close our service today, that when you walk out these doors, you just hold on to that phrase, I'm an ambassador for Christ. I am an ambassador for Christ, and I am sent. And then just keep your eyes open for God to show you in your sphere of influence how he can use you. All right. Let me ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes for a moment. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day. And I thank you for your word and how clear it is about that we are being sent out. And, Lord, that's just the joy of the ministry I mean, is to be able to, to be your mouthpiece, to take the message of reconciliation and with joy to be able to share that with others. 
and then to use the gifts and the talents and the opportunities that you have entrusted to every one of us and then to use that for your kingdom. Wow, don't get much better, Father. And we're so thankful for that. And so I pray each one of us that we would all have our eyes open a little bit better and that we would all have our ears attuned to the the sounds and the things that are being talked about and, and look for those opportunities to where we can be your ambassador. Father, we want to be a person on mission. We know that you sent us. We pray today that we will be obedient. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.